Amen. Open your Bible to the book of Hebrews. I'm going back to Hebrew. Amen. Hebrew chapter 12. I'm going to be here another week. Um, but listen, th- there's something here that I saw that I was going to run over. But uh, that's what expository preaching does. It helps you to stay focused on the bigger picture. Um, <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 12 and uh, verse 12. I'm going to deal with verses 12 and 13 today. I still believe in miracles, y'all. Amen. I still believe that God is in control. Amen. Let me believe that. You believe that God's in control? Amen. All right. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 12. Uh, if you If you back it up, verse 11, it says, All discipline for the moment seems not to be what? Joyful, right? But sorrowful. Yet to those who have been trained by it, afterwards, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Verse 12, therefore, so you see the therefore, right? Whenever you see therefore, you ask, what is it therefore? You got the context. He's talking about discipline, how the Lord disciplines. Watch this. Therefore, he says, strengthen the hands of the weak. And the knees that are feeble. And make straight paths for your feet. So that the limb which is lame may not be put out of joint. But rather be healed. I'm in the series deeper today. I want to talk about better not bitter. Amen. How to strengthen your relationship with God. Better, not bitter. We've been in this series now for six weeks. And we have seen different pictures of what a deeper relationship with God looks like. We started this series out in Proverbs 3. And I want to say this to you, that if you want a deeper relationship with God, it begins with trust. You can't go deeper with a person, hello, if you don't trust them. I mean, people say God all the time, but they don't have an inkling of trust in him. Amen. Just like the deficit, right? Amen. That's why I didn't ask. See, you have to have a level of trust, amen, to say, I got that. Amen, I got that, Pastor, I got that. You understand? And and here's the thing. Everybody's faith is at a different level, but I ain't talking about faith. I'm talking about trust. Amen. And so trusting God is one of the key components of strengthening your relationship with him. And it, we, we moved on from there and we talked about trusting the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your understanding in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will what make your path straight. Right. And then I told you that the next, the next principle of, of deepening your relationship with God or strengthening your relationship with God is by you giving to God. Cause he, cause he talks about in that same verse 
he talks about when you give to God, it's a demonstration not only of your trust, but of your love. Oh, I wish I had you. And so a lot of people want a relationship with God, but, but it's sometimes one-sided. It, you know, one component is off. That's why you have relational problems, right? I, I told you that when you're deepening your relationship with a person, when you first meet a person, right, you don't really go all the way in, right? You're like, you kind of reserve, right? But then all of a sudden you get to know that person, you're getting to know that person, and then there's a level of trust, and then what do you do? You start putting your resources into it. Same thing with God, right? And then I told you last week, and we began this journey on talking about the fact that God's discipline is evidence that we are his children. That a lot of people want a God who does not discipline. <laughs> they, they want a God who puts them in time out, but not a God that disciplines them, chastens them is what the Bible, what the King James says, right? And, and here's the thing. If you want a relationship with God, if you want a deeper relationship with God, you and I have to accept the fact that yes, amen, I'm due for some discipline. Come on, somebody. A amen. You know, I ain't always been doing right now. You understand what I'm saying? But God in his love, we talked about this. He, he, we, we saw that in the, book of, in the book of Proverbs that who the Lord loves, he disciplines, right? And then, and then we see uh, here in our passage of scripture uh, in verse 7, it says, it is for discipline that you endure. God deals with you as with sons. You see that? For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? So imagine this. Imagine we accepted discipline from our earthly parents. Lord have mercy. But we want a God who does not discipline. Now, I'm talking about deepening the relationship here. And what I told you last week is that sometimes people, they become bitter, not better. Are you with me? And we'll sh I'll show you here contextually what's going on here in this passage, okay? But, but I want to say this to you. In verse 10, he says, for, for our earthly father disciplined us for a short time as they seem best to them. Ain't that something? Your mamas and daddies whooped you as they saw fit. You with me? They the one, they're the ones that determine what you needed, right? He says, but he, you see the text? Verse 10, Hebrews 12, verse 10. But he disciplines us for what? Imagine this. You, you heard it before. I'm doing this. Oh, come on, help me somebody. This, this hurt me more than it Oh, I got a few people in here understand what I'm talking about. Because look, when you were getting it, you didn't understand it. But then when you were giving it, come on somebody, then you understood it. It, it wasn't until you start disciplining, you start saying, oh yeah, now I understand why my mama did this to me, right? You know, because I love you. I'm trying to help somebody with something. That your life... You know, we want this life with God, right? We want this life with God that is so easy. It's always on a roller, you know, it's always on a high. You know what I mean? It's never, there's never no lows. There's never no correction. And I believe that the person who does not like correction, amen, is headed for destruction. 
Are you with me? Here, here's the thing. He says, he says, but he disciplines us for our good so that we might share his holiness. See that? He says, so the fact that I'm full with you means that you are becoming more like Christ. But then he says, all discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful, right? But sorrowful, yet to those who have been trained by it. I, I find it very interesting, and I want to say this to you, saints. Discipline is not for destruction. All right? Discipline is for training. You see it? That's how I told I told you last week that you got to be not like week before. I told you that you have to be mindful that God ain't trying to destroy you. When you're wrong, you're wrong, right? But God ain't always disciplining you for your wrong. God may see something in your relationship with him and then how you're living your life that he has to correct you. Is this making sense? It's amazing how we don't want to talk about this part of God, right? We want to talk about the good thing, the blessing and the anointing and the this and the that and the third. But when it comes down to this part, listen, he says those who are trained by it. Amen. Trained by it. What does it mean? Why do I need to be trained? Because we're born in what? Amen. And our, we have a natural bent towards what? Wrong. You don't have to teach a child how to lie, right? Child's going to say, did you do it? Nope, didn't do it. And look you in the eyes with a straight face, man. And like, you, and look, and then give you the little pucker lips and tell you, no, I didn't do it. And all the while, they got that little secret in their hearts. Come on, somebody, that they did it. But watch this. But, but God knows you did it. And watch this. And here's the thing. And, and, and look, and here's the thing about God, right? I told you this, right? It, after you get grown, like some of you are grown right now, amen, God uses a different format and a different formula for discipline, right? The judge, <laughs> the jailer, <laughs> the parole officer, <laughs> the probation officer, the police officer, the security guard, even though he has a flashlight, you know what I'm saying? He's still there. Your boss, your supervisor, you can't stand. Amen. You understand what I'm saying? So God has, has, he, he has placed people on his behalf. Lord have mercy. To bring us back to what? To fruitfulness, to holiness, to righteousness, right? So, so he says, he says, look what he says. He says, those who have been trained by it, Afterward, it yields what? The peaceful fruit of righteousness. You see, oftentimes God's discipline is evidence, I said, that we are his children, right? Far from being a reason for despair, discipline is the basis for encouragement and perseverance. Now, if God is is not fooling with you then you got a problem not all of us but some of us don't take very well to discipline alright the condition and, and watch this and then the condition we find ourselves in after we've been disciplined may be worse than the discipline 
Lord, help me right now. Now, listen, don't get, don't get quiet on me now. I want y'all to just say, we shouting on other messages. You shouting on this one. You know what I'm saying? This is a good one, too. You know what I'm saying? This ain't a bad one. This is a good one. Now, listen. Listen. God disciplines all of us, including me. Okay? I know when I'm whooped. I'm like, gosh, oh, man, I can't believe that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, man, that hurt. You, and you know where he hurt you? He hurt you what you love the most. In the areas that you love the most. You understand what I'm saying? But watch this. Watch this. What I believe is that there's some people who become worse because of the discipline. Watch this. They, they develop resentment. Uh, they develop, you know, bitterness. And, and, and watch this. And if we are to develop a deeper relationship with God, we must remember that there are times when he will correct you. And so the writer here, we don't know who the writer is, but what discipline should produce in us is peace and right living. You know what I'm saying? It should cause us to get back to what or where God wants us to be. Watch this. You don't just arrive at living right. You learn to live right. Watch this. By the painful experiences that you write that down somewhere. You learn to live right by the painful experiences that you've been through so you don't repeat them again. Now, some of us, we just hard at We just repeat offenders. There are some of us who do the opposite. S- some of us rebel even more. Now, I'm going to show him. Amen. Some think that we are right according to our standards, right? Watch this. Uh, some break down. Some give up. Some quit. Some decide, man, I'm leaving God. I'm leaving the child. I'm leaving everybody. And, and there's some of us, we become bitter. Now, listen, but we, we don't just become bitter at God. We become bitter at who God is using to bring the discipline. So you resent your mom. Or you resent your dad. Or you resent the, uh, the police officer. You, you don't even know why you're mad at the police officer. You just don't like the police. I don't, just don't like the police. You wake up one day and I just don't like the police. But, but let somebody break into your car. You're going to call the same person that you don't like. What kind of craziness is that? The writer here in the book of Hebrews is revealing, watch this, what's going on in this church and he wants us to learn from this so that we don't become bitter we become better how many want to get better how how many of you want to go deeper in your relationship i'm talking about in your relationship with god watch the text I want to reveal something to you that would blow you up. I almost ran over this passage, y'all. These two verses, I almost ran over it. Look what it says. It says what? Therefore. Stop right there. I already gave you the context, right? So I can give you the first point. So here's the thing. I believe that if we're going to get better and not bitter, we got to remember why you were disciplined. Can I ask you a question? When you were disciplined, were you living right? Did you 
not only was you living right, but did you commit a mental attitude sin? Because here's the thing. We don't just sin with our bodies. We sin with our minds. Because he says, as a man, he said, if you look on a woman and you lust after her, you've already committed adultery. That's why you got to be careful of TikTok. Soft porn is what I call that. Oh, yeah. Every time you flip up, someone half naked. Oh. Let me ask this other question. If you want to remember why you were this one, right? What was God trying to change in you? What, what was he doing in you? Watch this. That you missed. God loves us so much that he's okay with you being angry at him, but he's going to tell you the truth. And he's okay with you being angry at him. Watch this. Watch this. Because he knows that if I don't correct you, you're going to ruin your life. Thank God for discipline. Thank God. You see, I lived as a rebel, okay? I thank God that when I was in my rebellious state of life, okay, he allowed me to take my own life in my own hands. And guess what I did? I ruined it. And right when it was all getting ready to be over, come on, somebody. He stepped in. Watch it. We think God, it's through his discipline is how he rescues you. Check it out. You hit rock, 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 rock bottom. What do you call that? Discipline. For you to realize how much you need him. And finally admit, okay, God, you're right. Come on, help me somebody. We often forget our part in the process. Lord have mercy. And we start blaming people for why we are where we are. We start blaming God for why, where we are and all these other things, but we never take full responsibility as to why we were disciplined. No one here is perfect. No one. I don't care who you are. You will, there'll never be a perfect bone in your body until you leave this earth. So you might as well get over that and ask God to show you where it all began. You know where it began? It began at birth. Come on, somebody. David said after he had sinned with Bathsheba and did not confess, watch this, for a whole year, he, this is what he said. He said, Lord, I'm sorry. He says, he says, I lived a life. He says, create in me a clean heart, Lord. Renew a right spirit in me. He says, against you and you only have I sinned and done what was evil in your sight. In other words, he was saying, I knew what I did. But just, I wasn't willing to accept the responsibility and the discipline for what I did. So God said, I'm going to leave you alone. And God allowed him to live for a period of time until he came to the point where he had to turn back to God. And can I help somebody with something? No matter how far you fall away from God. Amen. He's always near. Are you with me? The text goes on to say, now watch what it says. It says, therefore. Now look what he says. Look what he says. He says, strengthen the hands that are weak. Now, let me break the news to you. In these two verses, the writer uses the illustration of the body. Hands, 
feet, knees, limbs. You see that? See that? He's painting a picture, right? Watch this though. Watch this. What he was doing was he's incorporating the language here from Isaiah 35 and 3. You ready? That describes the condition of a person who rejects discipline. You would have never known that until you look closely. He borrowed it from Isaiah because Isaiah was talking to the people how they had rejected God and they had rejected God's discipline. And watch this. So in other words, watch this. When he says, strengthen your hands that are weak. In other words, this person who had been disciplined, they had become so weak in life. Because of the discipline, watch this. They had gotten more involved in things that were not of God. So they had brought themselves to the point where they were weaker. Because if discipline is supposed to yield a righteous life. And if discipline is supposed to bring you peace. And if discipline is because God loves us. Why is my hands not weak? I wish I had somebody. And that word, that word for weak means to make straight again, to be upright again, to stop neglecting what God is trying to show you to, how to live. And so the second thing I would say is, here's what you got to do. You ready? You got to recommit again to right living. Right living. Listen, the rebellious attitude that may develop from discipline is what causes us to become weak. We will leave, watch this, it will leave us worn out. It will leave us wasting our time and efforts trying to justify our wrong. But if we recommit to living right, I'm talking about right living. I'm talking about righteous living. I'm talking about giving your heart to God and really understanding that God, yes, I messed up, Lord. And I'm willing, I'm willing to recommit to right living. Are you following me on this? Look what he says next. He says, he says, strengthen your hands that are weak. Watch what he says next. And the knees that are what? You know what happened to this person? Let me tell you what the word there, feeble means. You know what it means? To be paralyzed. To be paralyzed. So what's the next point? Recognize that you're stuck. He uses the metaphor of the body. You're stuck in your finances. You're stuck in your relationships. Listen, you're stuck everywhere you go. You're trying to get up, but you go right back down. Every time you try to make a forward movement, it seems like you're in the same place because your knees are weak. Not from praying, but from weeping. Are you with me? So recognize that you're stuck. And then he says, I'm almost done. Look what he says. He says, and make what? Straight paths. For your what? All right. So let me, let me give you an observation real quick. So if he has to make it straight again, 
it means that it's currently <laughs> tell your neighbor observation. That's all I'm doing. It's just a good observation, right? Why would he say make straight paths for your feet? Why would he say that? Because I was whooped because I wasn't doing right. And then I got worse. Then I got weak. Come on, somebody. And then I took a path that was what? Crooked. But all the while on this crooked path, here's what I was doing. I was developing bitterness. Next week, I'm going to show you how to rid yourself of that bitterness. Okay? Watch this. Because some of you got your feelings hurt. Watch this. You're on this crooked path, but yet you're trying to justify you feel what I'm saying? Your crookedness. So what's the next point? That's the only way back. You know how easy it is to come back to God? Listen, stop letting people tell you that you got to jump a hoop. You got to do this. You got to get some oil. You got to get this. Go burn a candle and all this other stuff. Man, listen, as long as you live, you're going to struggle with something. Okay, confession and repentance. Confession is one thing. Repentance is the other thing. Now, here's what repentance is. It means turn from that crooked path. Did you see that in the text? He says, make straight paths for your feet. Do you know how important your feet is? And some of us are standing on Shaky ground. We're walking down a path that's lead, there's a way that seemeth right to a man. We're right back in Proverbs. But the end thereof is what? Death. Proverbs 7 woman. You see her? Young son, I tell you, stay away from that girl. That Proverbs 7 woman, boy, she cold-blooded. She said, man, my husband ain't home, man. He ain't gone on a long trip. And he ain't coming back real soon. Come on, somebody. She said, I done put on that uh, Chanel. Yeah, number five. I got these silk sheets on this bed. Matter of fact, he says on the couch. Come on, help me, somebody. That must have been a nice couch. Watch, what, watch where I'm going with this. And the Bible says you did not know that the path to her house, watch this, was death like an ox to the slaughter. All right, let me bring it to, let me bring it to today's term, being that you didn't understand the ox to the slaughter. In other words, they take him to the butcher. You're going to the butcher. In other words, Texas Chainsaw Massacre ain't got nothing on her. You understand what I'm saying? Because when, when she's done with you, Jeffrey Dahmer ain't got nothing on her. It's over. So that's, so let me ask you a question. Can I ask you a question? What path are you walking on right now? And the beautiful thing about repentance is it's available to everyone. Are you with me? Repentance is not exclusive for one group and then it's not exclusive for another group and another. No, man, listen, repentance. 
repentance means this, that I've fallen God. I got angry at you because you disciplined me. Just be 100 with him. Just be 100 with him, y'all. Because you're stuck. Here's how you know you need to repent because you're weak. You're paralyzed. You can't move. And there's no peace in our lives. Look what he says. He says, so that the, now I did some study on this. So that the limb, which is what? How did the limb get lame? May not be put out of what? You know what he's talking about here? Dislocation. Can be very painful. And it can affect the joint area. Watch this. To make you unsteady and to immobilize you. The writer is saying, man, the, yo, you got whooped, but you got worse. Your limbs now are lay. In other words, stuff is out of place. But you know what he's pointing to? You ready? Oh, I want you to pay attention to this. He's pointing to the unseen. I don't know if you dislocated this morning, but you do. Some of us know how to fake our limp. You understand? Oh, I wish I had. And, and watch it. And some of us, you know what we're doing with these limps and all these paralyzations and all this other stuff we're going through? We're taking a bunch of medicine. We're medicating ourselves. So we don't appear to be dislocated and out of joint. On, on a path that's leading to destruction. Now the path that's leading to peace. And joy. And happiness and, and listen and, and a life, come on somebody, that you can only dream of. Do I have anybody? When you're dislocated, when people are dislocated, they are discon- disconnected, they're disenfranchised, they are disdelusional, and demons are having their way. In other words, they're worn out. When your joints are worn out. Eventually, you'll be just stuck. He's using the bodies. I'm almost done. I know. I know. I know. I know. I Listen, ouch. Ouch. So what's the next point there? This is how you fix them limbs, y'all, and them joints. Recommit. To your faith. Lord, it hurts. We singing all these songs about it hurts. And all we had to do was recommit to our faith. A faith that cost Jesus his life. Come on, y'all. And I'm talking about he went to Calvary for that reason so that you and I can have this access to him. But, but Lord, I thank you that you have to whoop me sometimes to remind me, Lord, that I don't have it all together. 
And so not only is repentance in order, recommitment is in order. But but the text says, so that when my limbs, which are lame, it says so that it may not be put out of joint, dislocation, but rather it be what? So the last thing you got to do is rejoice. Because you've been rescued. God could have, should have given up on you. But I thank God that he never gives up on us. It may take years. It may take months. It may take a lifetime. But the formula to be saved and to be sanctified and to be filled with the Holy Ghost and yet still live a raggedy life. Come on, somebody. And yet God still rescues us. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that he still rescues us? Aren't you glad that even though you lost your mind for a brief second... Come on, somebody. Even though you got in your feelings for a minute. Come on, you know, we get, we get in our feelings for a little bit. Guess what? He overlooks that. And he doesn't make you bitter. He, well, he doesn't make you anything. You make yourself what you become. But guess what? The situation should never make you bitter. It can make you better. See, I'm better because of what I've been through. Come on, somebody. I'm better because of the, listen, God had to whoop me many a times. I keep going back to the heart attack. That was a whooping. Because he keep telling me, man, you better stop smoking. And listen, I heard it clear as I'm talking to you. Better quit smoking. I'm good. (laughs) Better quit smoking. I'm good. Until the heart attack. So you got it now? Oh, I got it. I got it. And let me tell you why, how, how good I got. I got it so good that guess what? I ain't never going back. Okay? And watch this. I believe everything in life is about a choice. You have a choice. But when it comes down to God and his, your relationship with him, if you want to go deeper, I'm saying if you want to go deeper, this is the part of relationship you got to accept. One day a teenager lost his contact lens while playing basketball in the driveway. He started looking all over the ground trying to find it, but he couldn't find it anywhere. Somewhat scared, he went in the house and he said, Mom, I lost <laughs> the contact lens. She went out to help him look And found the lens in all but two minutes. Now, contact lenses are hard to find, right? Anybody wear contacts? Hard to find, right? His mother found it in two minutes. What the teenager had been looking for for a whole hour, because he thought he could fix it. His mama found in two minutes. When When he asked his mother, Mom, how did you find it so easily? She said, simple, son. We weren't looking for the same thing. You were looking for a piece of plastic. I was looking for $150. 
you're looking like God is punishing you. And God says, listen, I love you. You're valuable to me. Come on, somebody. And I would be daggone if I let you live this life and ruin your life. So guess what? Yes, I'm going to whoop you. Yes, I'm going to bring you back. Yes, I'm going to make my, my, my grace sufficient for you. Why? Because what you're looking for and what I'm looking for is two different things. So sometimes I got to put you through the pressure. I got to put you through the pain. I got to put you through the suffering so that you can come back to me. Why? Because I love you. That's why I went to Calvary. My love for you is demonstrated by what I I did for you. I wish I had a few people in here that would shout with me today to say thank you, Lord, for what I've been through, for what I'm going through. Hallelujah to his holy name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for my sickness. Thank you for my suffering. Thank you for where I've been. Thank you for where you're taking me. Thank you, Lord, because I'm going to be better. That's it for me. Hallelujah. Better. Not bitter. Not bitter. See, when you're young, you don't know nothing. I was so stupid. I'm talking about me. Stupid. Foolish. Thinking I can outsmart everybody. God had to show me I'll take your mind the very thing you think you got that I gave you I'll take your mind I got witnesses here that'll tell you God took my mind you know why he loved me too much it's interesting how he took my mind I got the heart attack you understand what I'm saying because because I just would not